Oh, oh yes, the map report? Yes, I've listened to them for years. And they still stink. I kid, I kid. But seriously, it's not very good. Left my home back in Omaha See if I can make it out in the world And I got as far as Wichita but Suddenly I wasn't sure anymore Lost all my friends in Los Angeles I'm not welcome in New York But I must stop back in Omaha Where the fans, they always crying out Oh, man. In that case, welcome to Map Report number 102, February 25th, 2008. What's going on, everybody out there? It's been about eight years since we've last heard you. It's true, it's true. <laughs> By the time is celebrating her 10th birthday, everyone. That's true. The last, that's true. The, the last show that you heard recorded was 101, when Clea was starting to have, as it turned out, contractions. And we now come to you five weeks later were, but yeah. with 102. With Cenevine being born and existing oh, on the earth, the listeners, the listeners knew. The listeners, the listeners knew. knew. The listeners knew. And the listeners knew what I did not. Tune so in to Report One Hundred Four, the Sweet Sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. Seriously. <laughs> So we want to say hi to everybody uh, out there. We want to welcome uh, Story back into the fold. Story, welcome back from India and Nepal. You went to Nepal too, right? Or was it just India? Was I did. Indian... I went okay. to. I went to Nepal. I actually spent. Almost as much time in Nepal. Proportionally, uh, very similar, very disproportionate to the country's relative populations. But yes, and land areas, and really everything else. Did you visit any temples? Elevations. Did you visit any temples? Ah, uh, just about. You know, only like four hundred and twelve. Okay, good. Only, Did you do a safari? You know, only a couple. Ah, uh, yes, yes. All of these things and more will someday be available on my website once I. Nice. <laughs> Take the time to um, upload. Were you almost killed? Sixty pictures. <laughs> Were you almost um, killed? I was. I was not. Well, no, no. Which of the following came closest <laughs> to killing story in India? Right. Was yes. it A. This tigers. Is a B. A wild elephant. Trains. <laughs> C. Dogs. <laughs> D. Traffic. I would actually have to say E. E. Rhinos. That's what, gonna gonna that's, right totally what I was going to say. That's totally what I was going to say. Awesome. That's awesome. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Um, really? Traffic was Yeah, because that's what almost killed Traffic my dad. Traffic was very close. But um, a Nepali rhino was yeah. the closest I felt to death. I mean, I wasn't <laughs> looking out the taxi windows all the time, so... But um, a Nepali rhino, we, uh, we were on a safari, a walking safari, and our guide gave us the choice early on. He said, um. so we can follow this path, which is very, you know, very safe, and, you know, uh, automobiles drive on it, and it's very sort of sedate, and, you know, we might see an animal. Or we can take the more dangerous path, and, you know, there's lots of tall grass and things coming out of nowhere, but, but we will almost certainly see an animal. So, of course, we all... You chose we the path all, of danger. Except for Emily's mom. are like, <laughs> danger, danger. And Emily's mom's like... Uh, danger, danger. I, I love how this is a group decision. My own? The person, exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go down my own so, path, please. Is this like yeah. the ghetto safari? Why didn't so you guys get to be on elephants? 
<laughs> well, no, we actually also did an elephant safari. We did both, okay. but we did the walking one first. After we survived the 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 walking one, we knew we were ready for the elephants. Oh, you got um, cocky, huh? But yeah, pretty much. Um, no, it was it was good. It was um, once we got going on the uh, so once we chose the path of danger, we got prepped on what to <laughs> how to handle various animals. Right. And so they said, okay, so if you see a rhino, I mean, if you see anything from a certain distance, then you're fine. And then they gave all their distances in meters, so I had no idea really how close or far away I had to be for any of this <laughs> stuff. I was just kind of like taking notes. I was like, sure. If okay, you are no more than 18 decameters and no less than <laughs> yeah, a daylight exactly. short of a rhino, what? Right. <laughs> like, right. I'm going to say if I can smell the rhino's breath, then I should. Then a I phalanx should short. Okay. If you are yeah. a military formation short of a rhino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean. Use the chariots to your advantage. Metric. Yeah, fortunately it's just metric. India isn't one of these countries that's still on like, you know, some crazy provincial unit of measure that only they use and have ever if, heard of. If the um, hand of Vishnu is it, farther than the leg of the yeah, rhino, exactly. then you... <laughs> exactly, seven hands. So, yeah, but I mean, fortunately, it, it really didn't make much of a difference to me. Metric might as well have been one of these arcane provincial things. So they were like, if it's a rhino, then find the nearest tree, you know, if you're if you're too close, however that too close is, then find the nearest tree and climb up a tree as fast as you can. Um, if it's an elephant and you're too close, then you should run away as fast as you possibly can. If it's a sloth bear, which is something oh that I'd never even heard a of sloth? at that moment. Those are deadly. We'd never... I had never heard of a sloth bear, and they're just running through these things. They're like, if it's a sloth bear, you should stand and prepare to fight. <laughs> and we were like, what? Oh, story. That's awesome. <laughs> and we all just sort of look at each other. And they're like, and then they're like, and if it's a tiger, um, uh, you should prepare uh, to die. Over. Yeah, if you came over, plus reset. Away. Back away slowly. No, no. Yeah. You should take the sloth bear you defeated five meters ago, and you should yeah, throw exactly. it at the tiger and then you run. You should throw the, the carcass of the defeated sloth bear. You should tell the tiger the, that the yeah, elephant was exactly. talking shit about its mom, and then you should run away from both of them very quickly. Have any of you guys seen a sloth bear? Oh, God. What the hell is a sloth bear? Isn't a these sloth just really deadly, lazy? And actually, these are the most deadly group, animals in the group? wild. They have nails like uh, they do have crazy but, nails. But aren't they sloths lazy? Sloth. No. Aren't sloths they just don't move? Sloth. They just look at you and like you know say I'm a no, sloth. No, they're like, bears. <coughs> to be fair, they're bears that look like sloths. They are not sloths that are in any way bear-like. Right. They're just oh. Bears. Right. <laughs> they're just really scary bears that right. stand up in their hind legs and right. punch you with claws. <laughs> that are like a Fist. foot long. What no, naked sloth? We did not it's a bear, bear sloth. It's the sloth was there. But how do you defeat this bear <laughs> yeah. when you're fighting it? Like, do you aim for the nads? Like, what do you do to defeat a sloth bear? He he didn't give us like a full Use prep course. Use the wasn't like, technique. <laughs> no, we didn't. If do right, no can defense. <laughs> yeah, we didn't like box a dummy sloth bear or anything like <laughs> I was that. Gonna say. Was he looking at you guys when he said this advice? Sloth bear post. Because let me let me get this straight. It was you, Emily, Emily's mom. Right. Please and tell me there's like a quarterback, like a like a some like a marine. Qu- yeah, marine no. there or something. No, no. Emily's brother and Emily's brother's girlfriend. Right. Uh huh. So. Okay. Yeah, and the guide. We actually had two guides. One one for the front of the line and one for the back. So that. Do you realize you used up your whole shot. life's luck, right? Like. Yeah, all your life's karma went well, away. No. 
It wasn't that bad. We actually didn't run into the Sloth Bears. We split up with the other group. There was another group of five. So the the whole group was ten that went on the tour. And uh, the other group, but we had to split up for the safari portion. I guess uh-huh. it limits liability or something. Did that group die? And, um, <laughs> you never heard of that group no, again? No, <laughs> but they did see they did see Sloth Bears. Um, we did not. Really? We saw every other animal, but we did not see Sloth Bears. That okay. was in that uh, particular part of the national park. You don't sound so, too disappointed yeah, about that. Really close. We got really close to a rhino. And... And um, we we came up on a rhino that was just on the other end of the of the river. It was great because you know we would see rhino dung every now and then, right? And you know they sort of come regularly to drop their their dung in a given specific place, right? And then right next to it there would be there was all this tall grass in the area, and there would just be a tunnel plowed out of the tall grass. And they're yeah. like, yeah, that's when they you know they sort of get a running start and charge out of there after they've yeah. After they've done their business, so that was really well. Yeah, exciting. they have those. Like, oh, great! So just so they gallop moment, out of their I'm outhouse. Not blinded by the tall grass in every direction, and nothing could come charging out so of there. That's the thing. Is yeah, seconds. that's the thing. And they have these little tails yeah. that whip their feces all over the place. So you probably you probably were covered in it when if you walked through the tall grass. That's charming. This is like a bad Adam yeah, Sandler thing. I'm coming out of the booth. Great. Good times. It was it was great. And so yeah, so we came upon across the river this uh, rhino, and they looked a little smaller than we expected. I mean. They're this rare Nepali one-horned rhino. They're not, uh, you know, most rhinos are in Africa, but these are sort of smaller and one-horned. And then, uh, you know, we were we were pausing for a little moment or two, and then we saw the baby rhino Uh-oh. with the mom, and our danger factor increased oh. by like 700. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. Like, oh look, it has a baby, and we're like, oh, and then we're like, oh. Yeah, yeah. So you went so, over to pet the rhino. Uh, You're like, hi, mom. So you walked it yeah. between so the rhino like, and his baby, right? See your <laughs> yeah, baby, exactly. right? Yeah. You don't mind if we just just for for the for the baby album, you know. You'll you'll love to look back on this later. Right. This is when baby meant the humans. You know, like when that big adult rhino with the camera came and said hi to Cenevine the other day. Uh-huh. Um, so. Well, we're glad you but made what it. What was great was that yeah, my my camera kept uh, making clicking noises and I didn't know how to turn them off. Oh no. So this <laughs> is when we were actually close to death. So. Yeah, and then in the Every rhino's language, the click was like picture, the click then, was like fuck you, little baby. That's right. That's right, baby. Yeah. Fuck you. Pretty much. Yeah. Fuck you. I'm Your coming, mom can't I'm do anything, baby. <laughs> Come horrible. You, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> what you got? Yeah, that's pretty much. That's pretty much how it was. Wow. That's pretty wild, though. It's one of those so, things that once you got yeah. through it, you're like, wow, that's cool that I got through it, that, that I did that. Once you survived oh, it. Oh yeah. I mean, we were like elated once we were walking away from the rhino and it wasn't following us. We were elated and like we just saw a rhino. That was crazy. Yeah. Let's go. Mm. Back. You know, we're we're good. I think it's pretty universally true that anytime you escape death, you're in a good mood. Yeah, I would agree with <laughs> that's that. true. Like, we just escaped that's, death. That's definitely true. So were you disappointed you didn't get to see a sloth bear and try out your fighting technique versus the sloth yeah, bear? Yeah, I mean, they sound kind of mysterious and cool. I'm I'm glad that I didn't have to fight a sloth bear. That's, yeah. that's for sure. I see. Um, yeah. I'm glad, too, because I think you would have lost. That would, no offense. Yeah, that, that would cause some weird dilemmas for me. <laughs> I mean, it <laughs> depends would, on what the criteria of victory are. Over. He could outreach the sloth bear <laughs> before dying. Look, bear, do you wish to give in to your bear yeah. side of your nature or your sloth side of your nature? Which, which right. is more... To be fair, the instructions were not stand and prepare to give a PMC. <laughs> well, do you we're I mean... Not, if you're it, speech. Not I guess it depends, like, who gets to choose the terms of the fight, you know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like a duel. Beware the like sloth Alex- bear, for their cases are altruisms. <laughs> uh, exactly. <laughs> 
be allowed to decide cases. And it's like, well, <laughs> well, Bear. You went to Yale, didn't like, you, Sloth Bear? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm reaching out my claws. I defeat you with my specific knowledge no. claw. Here, have a case. <laughs> what about John Anderson v. North Carolina? Oh, my God, it's the Jordan yeah, exactly. Sloth Bear. How is that possible? Uh, oh, my God. Dear. That's pretty funny. Well, I'm glad yeah. that you survived. I think that's cool. Uh, yeah. That's, that's good could, stuff. Could be back. It's cool that Story's still alive. It's I'm cool glad that you're I'm still alive. alive and that, uh, <laughs> only so nobody I can died. come on Map Reports again, right? That's really right. the only. Well, so that you can report back really about the sloth bear. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, absolutely. It's true. To as far as you know, the afterlife is a continual Map Report cycle, so you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. That's true. That's true. How would it's you know? True. Well, I would because I've had reports. like seven weeks to adjust to life between Map Report recordings, so mm-hmm. I have a pretty That's good sense like that the scenes in Defending Your Life, on. where they right. check you into the hotel and you like walk around town and before your trial. There you go. Right, of course. That's true. So, uh, since we're on things map, I should mention that we got an email from uh, our friend Yoni. Uh, you remember Yoni, oh the my God, uh, master? Oh, wow. Yeah. He wrote right. to say... Um, <laughs> he wrote to say... Right. He wrote to say, Greg, you're right, man. Vikings equals warrior culture. Everyone's got a sword or axe. You're expected to know how to use it. Even if you have contrarian genes, in the interest of self-preservation, you're probably not going to express those aspects of yourself unless you find martyrdom to be an attractive prospect. The thing is, you don't get to be a contrarian just casually unless you're in an egalitarian society. In East Germany, the Stasi would have locked you up, Protestants would have burned you at the stake or beheaded like Thomas More. In any monarchy, you don't really get to talk shit about the king on principle just because you're supposed to worship him. That gets you dead. Even Socrates got lynched for heresy in the end. So if you're in the unfortunate predicament of being a pacifist and a Viking, you're probably looking at the cautionary tale of Magnus the Sucker and thinking, hmm, I think I'll be taking that battle axe to the washroom after all. Kudos on another demented Uh episode, boys and girls. Still listening, Yoni. So, I want to thank Yoni for that. And his film is done, and he's going to send us a we're going to send him a mailing address. But his film is finished, so oh, that's uh, that's pretty cool. So, thanks, Yoni. We appreciate that. And uh, yeah, so that's good. So, since you're you know, since you were in India, story, I, I want to ask this because this seems to fit yeah. um, the situation. So, I, I want to ask something about um, alternative medicines, and I, I mentioned this okay. because of one of the medicines in question is uh, Indian medicine. So, our dog Lilo okay. has not been doing well recently. Um, she's been very stressed with the baby, and she's kind of been uncomfortable, and say, she's she's a little jealous. I'm guessing. No, I'm not jealous. She's just really stressed with the crying. Less- baby in the yeah. house. Oh, yes, okay. exactly. Yeah, she's no, no, but she's just kind of uncomfortable to cry. But an alternative, but. so we took her to this vet who's a homeopathic vet, and and this leads me to the medicine thing I wanted to bring up because I wanted to talk a little bit about homeopathy because it kind of it frankly blows my mind. So, do you guys know anything about homeopathy okay. other than having heard of it? Like, I mean, do you know what the principle behind it is of homeopathy? Uh, returning the body to natural equilibrium. Sort of magic. But, well, that yeah. So that's the latter part, right? That's the issue. You were right about everything else. So okay, the theory is that most of modern medicine is allopathic, which means that you take a disease and you treat it with something which is designed to counteract the disease, and then it the sun exactly, and it's 
Alloveropathy. Dermatology is allopathic. Yes, alloveropathy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Onomatopoeiapathy. Yeah. No, um, no, it's it's uh, allo a l l o pathy. And so the theory is you do something which is designed Ooh. to counteract the effect. That's allopathy. So if you've got some kind of virus right. in you or bacteria in you, I should say, then you take an antibiotic to kill the life of the bacteria. That's that's the right. theory behind allopathic medicine, right? Very so the theory American. behind right, right, very American th- thing. So the theory of homeopathy is that, and it was designed by some German guy a couple, you know, like 100 years ago, 150 years ago. The theory is that you take something which is the same or produces the same symptoms and by using a very small dose of it that the body actually takes that and removes the thing that's actually reacting and giving you the bad symptoms. So it, it basically huh. replaces the negative energy of the one and replaces it with the energy of the other, but because the other is so infinitesimal in dosage, it doesn't have an impact on you and you get better. And the theory behind homeopathy so this is... is uh, otherwise known as a vaccine. No, well, no, but see, say, it's not designed it to replicate, though. But it's not designed lot. to replicate more things. It's not designed well, to do that. neither is a vaccine. Like... A vaccine for chicken pox, or rather a vaccine for smallpox, was a chicken pox. It's not, you know, that give you the uh, the immunity to it. It's not the same disease, it's just a lesser the same form disease. that your body can handle and thus have similar enough antibodies to deal with it. I guess so, but this is not antibodies is the thing. The thing is that it's actually taking, like, if you're, if you're, if you have, like, say, sores, like Lilo has these little hot spots on her body, which are like these itchy sores. So she basically takes something which, if you took it in a normal dose, would produce itchy sores. But because she takes it in the small okay. dosage, it doesn't do that. It's just the, ener- the energetic form of that item is what that gets absorbed into the body, right? So here's the issue I it have with like this. sounds like something I would read in World of Warcraft, by the way. Well, that, okay, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wonder why. A little bit. So here's what gets me, and I, I don't understand everything this. everything sounds like that to Russ now. Yeah, we'll get Sorry. to that in a little Maybe. bit. So here's the thing that I don't understand, and maybe you guys can help me with this. Every dosage that's... The more powerful dosages are actually more and more distilled and intense. They do this by basically, like, distilling it to its essence. So that you have, like, 30C, which is how many times you've distilled the item and how many you've shaken it to produce a certain potency of the certain substance, and so on. And it goes all, and then you get to 1M, and then 30M, whatever. The lowest doses of this, or I shouldn't say the lowest, the most powerful doses are the ones in which you actually are only taking basically a molecule of the original substance and putting it into your body. Now, here's the okay. thing that I don't understand. They say, they're like, we understand this will boggle your mind, because clearly it doesn't seem like something which is basically non-existent would have any impact on your body. But anecdotally, you know, we, we know that this is true because of blah, blah, blah. So here's my question. There's no doubt that homeopathy has had because an impact. We want to take your money, or what? Well, what, no, because that's blah, blah, the blah. thing. Homeopathic <laughs> remedies, though, are about like one-tenth as expensive as normal medicines. Like, they're incredibly cheap, because okay. they tend to be from like fl- flower essences and like essence of marigold you and stuff like that. You hear remarkably like, little about the homeopathic healthcare crisis in America. It's true. Yes, it's the same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so my question is, is it possible, like, could we fathom something? Is it, is it even reasonable to assume that something which doesn't even exist really within the bottle that you're using, the dropper of liquid or the, the pellet that you're taking, could have an effect? Like, you know, is, an, is it my Western mindset that's having trouble dealing with this, or is there something just so illogical about the premise, it's more powerful the less of it that exists that you're taking? Do, do you see what I'm saying? It like, sounds very Star Wars. Yeah, like, I... 
And I, I want to believe, you know, I, I want to believe. I remember my failure at the cave, and that is why I failed. But I don't, I mean, I, am I, I mean, like, and the thing is, this works for dogs, supposedly, because there is no placebo effect with dogs. Like, dogs can't be like, ah, oh, you're giving me a medicine. I, I feel better already. It's the placebo effect. placebo effect. Right, but with totally dogs? I was thinking that, and I was like, unlikely, unless you really, unless Lilo's gotten a lot smarter, and... So, you know, like, so I'm just thinking, like, is that my Western mindset? And I guess I was going to ask you, Story, did you encounter things? And is this like, is this Eastern medicine? Does this make sense theoretically? Is this just my Western mind that's causing this problem? Or, you know, do am I just, you know? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I was freaking out about the rhino and they actually um, injected a small molecule of rhino in me while I was concerned <laughs> about it. And then the rhino and didn't attack. That's the real reason. I, w I wasn't going to explain it to you guys because I thought, you'd be, you know, sort of judgmental and right. standoffish. But now I know that you're open to that. Right. That's what happens. And that's the only reason I'm here today instead of, you I know, think it's the placebo effect rhino story. Dinner. You just believe the rhino wouldn't attack you. Yeah. So, so that was all it was. It's a story that, that one night when you stepped on a needle during at your old job, was there actually, <laughs> like, were you trying to tell us something? <laughs> it was a homeopathic needle. Right. <laughs> it's true. It was injecting just a little bit of... I don't like even know what's wrong with me. People beating you up or something. I don't know, migraine. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. There you go. A rhino attack. You know, I don't know. I didn't run into a lot of medical stuff in India. Uh, Any mystics? interesting. Indian you know. mystics? Oh, there were plenty of mystics. You know, I wasn't I mean, on the, the tour. Religion is very... Religion is a, is, a, is a big deal, obviously. A much bigger deal. I mean, it was interesting. The religious stuff was obviously a huge part of the trip. And it was really, you know, it's really interesting to think about the fact that basically, basically all of the world's religions came from either India or the Middle East. There's basically no serious widespread religion that came from anywhere else. Zoroastrian? Um, came from the Middle East. So, you know, hmm. I, and is really popular today, um, also. Mormonism. So... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're basically looking at Mormonism and Shintoism. Like those are basically it. Like that's like those are probably the two most popular. And Scientology. Scientology is just going to say that. Yep. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> and the cult Scientol of map. The cult of map is too. most popular in terms of dollar figures. Yeah, it belongs on the dollar amount rank, not <laughs> nice. on the actual number of adherents. Charming. Ah, uh, I don't really know where I was going with that, but. Basically, religion is a big deal in India, and our our guide was kind of, even though he was a local, was sort of bemused with the extent, I think, that people have faith in their religion. So really, if I saw anything, it was people replacing any interest in medicine, possibly, with... Uh, with going to the temple and leaving leaving some red paint or doing whatever they do. So it was very interesting to get really familiar with Hinduism as well. See that Hinduism is basically very much like it's probably the only surviving religion that has uh, the the pantheon effect. It's basically it's basically like Greco Roman Viking stuff, but popular still. It's very interesting. So it's I, ne I, I never would know, have thought of Vikings. Know, being replaced with by Hindus, but that that Hinduism, but uh. Well, I mean, it's the same the same thing. You have sort of you know a lot of individual temples. You have people who sort of pick their you know it's pick your gods. Who do you like? Gods are popular or unpopular based on right. various trends and Batting you know average. there's a whole pantheon and they they have 
Yeah, they have personalities that are extremely human. I mean, all gods in organized religions really right. seem to have very human personalities, but yes. especially so when there's a pantheon, you can represent a whole range of it, you know, and mm-hmm. that's pretty much uh, it's pretty much Hinduism in a bag. That's kind of <laughs> in a bag. A lot of a lot of pageantry, though. So you know, but that's uh, I saw a lot Could more. Then you come of that back with a statue of Vishnu. Medical stuff. Yeah, that's true. Did I you didn't come back? No. No, I, uh, yeah, I brought back remarkably little. I, um, you know, the thing about going on a backpack trip, you yeah. tend not to take a lot of stuff, so. Yeah, the way my dad so, does it and, uh, is he then ships things home. Like the sloth bear claw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the big place where I wanted to get stuff was at the Gandhi Museum, but then, you know, remarkably, the Gandhi Museum was not into selling a lot of stuff. Was not a big capitalist. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I actually just had, had a cafeteria. Yeah, I was just going to say, did you ask them for food? Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I came out. Merchandising. I came out. I came Gandhi out of the Gandhi mustache. Museum, which was like Gandhi empty bowl of food. Right. Gandhi walking yep. stick. Gandhi rubber fake poopy bladder. Limited what? edition yeah. Gandhi <laughs> autographed staff. Oh, wouldn't it be yeah. cool if they yeah, like sold those remarkable. like the 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 diapers that he wore? I, that that'd be so funny to see Story in one of those diapers. Yes, yeah. yes, it would. Yeah, that'd be tremendous. I should have bought one. That's true. I would have would have had they had it probably. But yeah, no. I mean, I came out of the Gandhi Museum and I was like completely inspired, and it was by far like the objectively coolest part of the entire trip from my perspective obviously huh. and uh and then i you know go to the gift shop and i'm like i you know want to get get some sort of artifact of this and it's like huh there's just a few crappy editions of books yeah interesting and then i was like oh right <laughs> yes <cool>. yes indeed <laughs> <laughs> yes okay so you you came out of the gandhi museum basically like ready to destroy people with the power of peace because your 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 normal skills had been uh, right had been increased That's to such a great degree. That's what That's you do. That's funny. He right. came out of the Gandhi Museum wanting to buy something. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it's well, like homeopathy. Kind of right. It like replaced his normal interest in not buying things with like even a lesser example of not wanting to buy things. And like, so now you have, like, a desire. Did you have a desire to eat meat too? <laughs> oh jeez. Right. No. No. Okay. No. I've lacked that one for a while. No. I think the 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 buying thing though was. Not not having shed enough of my Americanism still. That's funny. Welcome to the weird. Gandhi Museum. Get your genuine tooth knocked out of a protester <laughs> during the march from the salt mine. <laughs> All teeth are genuine. So, yeah, did, cool. is this one of those things, uh, story, where when you went there, did you learn anything that bothered you about Gandhi, or did it sort of, everything you learned, like, confirmed how great he was? Like, it wasn't, you didn't go there and oh, go, no, oh, I mean, you know. Oh, damn, he was for peace. I always thought... Well, no, I mean, you know, like, thing. maybe he was, there was, were there some chinks in the armor? No, I don't think so. Although, I saw the armor, which had a chink in it. You know, I saw the what he was wearing when he was assassinated. So, oh. um, so there was there was a chink in that armor. That was pretty pretty moving. No, I mean I you know I don't really know. I mean it's not like I didn't really learn a whole lot about Gandhi, particularly going to the Gandhi Museum, despite their copious information. Because I've kind of I mean as close as I have to someone that I you know revere and worship. I spend all my time that I would normally, you know, if I were an average American, like American stuff and people and patriotism and 
sort of devote that to Gandhi. So I, I spent a little bit of time studying Gandhi. So there, there wasn't really any anything new or any surprises. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that it was really cool to see and right. a lot of artifacts and other stuff, but it wasn't a whole lot of, you know, oh, I never knew he did whatever because I've, I've read so much about him. That's pretty cool. You know, his name was actually Her- Herbert. It was Herbert <laughs> Mahatma Mohandas. Yeah, exactly. Franklin Gandhi. And he liked rugby, it's which sort of sat Gandhi. uneasily with the rest right. of his beliefs structures. Um, yeah, it's true. Couldn't, couldn't get enough rugby. It sort of yeah. reminds me, though, of, so. of like where you would go. Like For me, I think it would be if I went to basically like the home of J.R.R. Tolkien and then left and went to like William Shakespeare's house, Like right. pretty much that would be the similar thing for me, right? Like I'd, mm-hmm. Oh, and I'd have to go to New Zealand oh, to see yeah. where they I filmed mean, Lord of the Rings. That would be like for me. <laughs> no, I, I think mean, that's really sad. I definitely felt, that's not true, is it? I definitely well, the Shakespeare part is. You have a problem with that? You're comparing Gandhi to... I'm not com- No, I'm comparing what is the, the most rings. important thing to me. Obviously, like Gandhi was the most extraordinary figure ever, one of the most extraordinary figures ever. I'm just saying, for what I do in my profession, I think Shakespeare, who, by the way, inspired Gandhi too, was, you know, had such an impact that that's a little bit different. I don't think I have to really defend being, wanting to go to Shakespeare's house, do I? No, I but that like, was like second on the list, honey. Well, like Shakespeare and Tolkien, you know, <laughs> they were inspirational to me. I'm not saying I'd leave there going, you know, the thing about Tolkien is he really, he, he saved India. Like, obviously, Gandhi saving India will trump Tolkien writing, you know, incredible fantasy book but okay. i'm just saying like in terms of inspiration like this obviously has been a huge inspiration story's life and so you know so that's that's, that's, that's all and for russ it would be you know like if russ went to um hunter s thompson's there you go in colorado yeah. exactly obviously. exactly on, right obviously. of course yeah. there you go obviously. right no i was it was interesting i actually you know I felt like I was on a pilgrimage that that whole day that we did Gandhi stuff because we went to where he was he was cremated and went to the museum and all sorts of stuff. So yeah, they believe really, in cremation. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, Hindus are Hindus are big on on cremation. Big, and then what do they do with the remains? Thing, which is one of the things that they sweep them into rivers, uh, the Ganges, if possible, preferably okay. the Ganges. We saw we actually saw a lot of cremations because. Most of the temples, one of the the primary functions is cremation. So we saw a lot of funeral pyres and you didn't funeral see actually remains bodies, being, like being burned, swept into the. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh god. Oh yeah, that's right there. I mean, they're shrouded. You know, they aren't like naked. Here right. you go. Put it on a spit and turn, turn, turn. But you know, but yeah, they were shrouded by, and you know, just like thin shroud. It's not like they were mummified. You could definitely right. tell oh, where stuff was and what was going on. Yeah. Where stuff was very dramatic one, <laughs> dramatic God. one at night that we saw. So, well, wow. I mean, that's you know, that's how it was. So yeah, it was pretty, um, pretty crazy stuff. It's interesting. I was thinking about that. You know, you guys could see Hunter S. Thompson's lodge and Tolkien's hangouts pretty easily. Yeah, it's it's funny that I have the the furthest away. I know pilgrimage spot, and I've actually been. I mean, granted, I, I went two weeks ago, but. But I think yeah, I think though that it's it's partly though it's it's I think it's partly because it would be relatively easy that we're kind of like oh we'll get to England like all I have to do is go to London right and I can you know take a short trip across to Stratford upon Avon to get to Shakespeare and you know Tolkien's right there for right. Oxford so you know and I'm sure that like Hunter S Thompson that's just a that's just a domestic flight even so I think we feel like it's I won't speak right, for yeah, us but for like me it's like Woody right there Creek, you know Colorado that's no excuse I've been saying for years we need to go to London. We've been in London at the airport for about half hour. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I stand corrected. Yes. 
We've been in Heathrow. Uh, we will, we will yeah, do that sooner. Yeah, I spent seven hours in London on this trip, too. Oh, nice. So. There you go, then. See? I will get there it's eventually. We had the crazy London whirlwind experience where we were like, Parliament, Trafalgar Square, Number 10 Downing Street, Westminster Abbey, in like 40 minutes. It was amazing. It was pretty cool. And then you get to hear Big Ben on the way out. It's like, ding, 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 ding. You're like, got moment. it. Yeah, Let's exactly. go. <laughs> that was it. Okay. Put it in the bag. Back for two hours on the tube during rush hour again. Yay. Oh, that's charming. Yeah. Yeah, that's it cool. really it was. Like it was a good like trip, an though. hour and a half out, two hours cool. back, and 45 minutes. My father and I, once when we were, um, we were flying through Vegas, rented a limo, because that's what you do instead of renting taxis, and like for an hour and just drove through Las Vegas. I've never actually, that was the only time I've ever been to Vegas. That's crazy. Like driving through and for that was an hour. the only time you went? Yeah. Well, soon there will be the Brandeis Debate Reunion, Clea, and you can rectify that. Awesome. You are coming, right? What? And bringing, bringing the baby, teaching the baby to gamble? Yeah, there's yeah. this, uh, br- there's this Brandeis debate, with? there's this Brandeis debate, um, reunion, which is happening apparently in Las Vegas, although Zimmy put in a... a when were you going to tell me? Well, because I haven't decided, I mean, like, <laughs> I put it, there's things like, you know, oh, go wait, to Vegas... Wait, excuse me, uh, no, you did not. Did you just say, like, you're going to decide and then let me know? Honey, it's like you're I was, oh, I've yeah. been kind of waiting to see whether we were actually going to be staying at Hooters or not, in which case I figured we might give it a pass. That, that was kind of my thought process. Again, so you're making the decision before you even bring it to me. Would you like to bring our daughter to Hooters? I would have no problem with that. Why would I have a problem with that? <laughs> She can't see further than six inches from her face. <laughs> these, you haven't seen what these <laughs> women are like at Hooters. <laughs> Actually, that's true. Our baby would have a better sense of it. I don't know why. Our baby would be like, let me this explain something not. about Hooters. And I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but Cenevine's not breastfeeding. I have to pump. For some reason, she comes to the nipple and is like, oh, this is too much work. So I don't think she's going to be very interested in the boobs. So I think we're all set. I right. see. I see. That's true. So we just, we just have this pump. That's true. <laughs> Clea, it is funny. Like, every two hours, it's like it's like living with, it's like, uh, living with Cinderella all the time, except where midnight strikes every two hours because Clea's like, must get to the pump, must get to the pump, and then you hear this brush, brush, like she well, got to the pump know. just in time. Because otherwise, you know, there's <laughs> be very graphic. some milkage. It's not fun to leak. Yeah, uh, just that's true. It's not fun to leak. <laughs> Leaking isn't fun. Yeah, I think that's true in almost any context that you can yeah. think of. Right, you don't exactly. even have to qualify what you're talking about. Exactly. It is Leaking never is not fun, fun to general. leak. Exactly. Valves. I think Rain Jordan gutters would disagree. <laughs> Debate results. Oh. People have fun leaking. Oh, Debate very results. good. Mm-hmm. It's good. That's I'm going to say political sources. Usage of leak. Show me political sources. <laughs> fun to leak. They like to leak. <laughs> we like to leak it. Leak it. And then some people then like I think to leak so the bathroom, is, which is often is, called leaking. It's during the summer. <laughs> I mean, some people enjoy that. So is Who it just Brandeis or is it Only a bunch people of with prostate issues call that leaking, and they're not having any They're part of things like weak stream. They're taking a leak. Weak stream. A oh, yeah. Uh, common phrase. He's right. He's right. Uh, they enjoy, okay? Taking a leak. People enjoy leaking. That's right. Well, yeah. this reunion is taking place <laughs> during the summer, cook. and so... What, when in the similar summer? similar to cabbages. I gotta look again and see. Um, but the thing is that Zimmy wanted to do it in New Orleans because he said, "I think it's important to help the people in New Orleans." And I, I didn't know how to break to him that I didn't think New Orleans was going to have its economy boosted by the appearance of thirty generally liberal, thus poor, um, you know, former debate people. Like we could debate the people who are trying to screw over the poor still in New Orleans. I guess we could do that. But I don't think we're going to be a big boost to their economy. You know, like 
Well, you know, don't really have the counts. resources. But if everybody decides that, Greg, that's right. Then no one boosts their economy. All thirty, all Brandeis no debaters boosting their economy. <laughs> Amen, sir. Amen. Here, here. That's uh, <laughs> all thirty of them won't. So this is just Brandeis debate reunion. Yes. And this is, is Zimmy is planning this. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. no. I think Bregan is Zimmy, planning Zimmy it. Zimmy is planning. trying to throw it off He's course. He's scouting out possible. the locale. <laughs> Zimmy's uh, like, perhaps Kuala Lumpur would be ideal for the debate team yeah. get-together. That would work yeah. well. Have they discussed a particular time during the summer? I think so, like August or something. You know, this is probably not exciting there's to a, those people who are not Brandeis debaters listening. Yes. There is? Yes. It's not the weekend yeah. that you're planning on going to Gen Con, is it? I don't think so, but I don't know. I haven't been focusing much on it because we've been still been stuck in the little Hooters issue. Once we get past the Hooters, once we get past Hooters, Clea, and really that <laughs> well, says a lot about everything. Like if you I get did. past Greg, Hooters, I threw down the gauntlet. I figured I, I didn't need to say anything. Hooters, I'm not going. Yeah, Greg, so, you can never get past like Hooters. Five people would well, say I'm that. I'm sorry. Can you actually stay at Hooters? Is this this is an option? There's like a Hooters hotel. This is a place of lodging. I okay. didn't realize not that. only not only not only, ladies and gentlemen, is there a Hooters hotel in Vegas, but this is where my sister-in-law's parents, oh dear, as an anniversary present to her and her husband, took them for a vacation and took them in the literal sense, as in they went to. And they all stayed together in the Hooters Hotel. Wow. I got a little scared when you first said literal sense of taking. I know, I was like, did the biblical sense. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> know. This is go. And they did them in the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> no. Damn. And it became hotter in Hooters. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Um, no. <laughs> Story's like, no, please don't put me in room 35C. Please don't put me in room... Why? Just don't put me in room 35C, please. <laughs> to be to be fair, that's not a literal use of, of take. That's You're a very brilliant. metaphorical, right. euphemistic I, I, use I, of take. I, I know. I, I yeah. have a dirty mind. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> it's... Yeah. It's, I mean, it's fair. I was, I was building it up a lot. Okay. There was crescendo. I appreciate There's, that. Crescendo happening. That's so, pretty funny. Yeah. So speaking of crescendo, Apparently having a baby gives you a. I know. Mind. Well, yeah. I guess because just so caused you to think about Hooters. You but. guys, I guess, are responsible for Senevi's arrival since you guys told me that, that I was should be sure, having labor. labor. And we're gonna do it again this week, Clea. Surprise! <laughs> You're back I bet in you labor. I think there was another one still in there. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I, right. I, I guess I was actually in some kind of beginning stages of labor during the last MEP report. Yep. That's right. She actually was. Um, you can put on the board. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, she comes out and like after the uh, show, because she had left for I a couple minutes while we were recording it. Yeah, she came a couple I of minutes. I left for a few minutes while you guys were mepping. Yeah, and she comes back, and I didn't even, you know, Clea's uh-huh. done that before to get a drink or something or whatever, and she comes back, she's like, yeah, you know, I'm like, well, how, how are you doing after the show's over? She's like, I'm all right, you know, I'm kind of getting these cramps, you know, I'm like, okay, what, like menstrual cramps. I'm like, honey, you're not, you can't be menstruating. I because they're Braxton Hicks. She's like, well, they're Braxton Hicks contractions. I'm like, okay, how often are these happening? Oh, they're regular, about maybe every five minutes or so. Every few minutes. You know, every few <laughs> minutes, and like, how long has this been going on? Oh, for a couple of hours i'm like yeah um i think that you're in labor uh and i think we're gonna call the midwife how's that sound i think that's what actually happened so but it was a yeah. very very oh, early stages. sandwich that's nothing <laughs> and 48 hours later awesome. let me just tell you guys clea's labor not so easy clea was a trooper she yeah. really did a great job but it was very very difficult there's if i wasn't naked during it i'd show you the pictures of my face maybe we could just like show a picture of my face 
Yes. I think that demonstrated. I don't want to see that because it was very difficult for me. It was very traumatic for Greg. Yeah, well, because I was just like, everyone's like, oh, you didn't have to go through anything. I'm like, yes, but I got to watch my wife going through excruciating pain. And my response was, I can boil water and tear some garbage bags up. That's my effect. Like, I can have some water. I'm in excruciating pain. But what if I tear up this garbage bag? Does that help? No, that doesn't make you feel better when I do that? No? How about if I stroke your hair when you're going through the worst pain you've ever felt? How, how, How about that? Does that do any? No? No, really? Okay. I will say though, like in one another thing that Clea did, after one contraction, someone said something that she found funny, and she wrote it down for a joke in a comedy routine. So no, I said that funny. is dedication. Yeah. Well, whatever. That's like dedication. you wrote it down as a note. Oh, that baby. is that is impressive. She did it between contractions, in fairness, but uh, yeah. she's just kind of like, yeah. I guess uh, it was happening. So there you guys go. Your your wish was granted. That's right. Cenovine right. was created by Mep. In fact, you guys probably caused it by the laughing. Will induce labor. It's so <laughs> funny. You will laugh so hard, you will have contractions. <laughs> exactly. Tremendous. Yep. Tremendous. We're yep, going to have a whole true. new line of gear based on this. And it was all natural childbirth. Experience. There were no drugs used. There was no anything used. It was just baby bibs. straight up, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yes, and that's all only the baby placenta gear. placenta cleaner. Oh, God. Oh, boy. <laughs> placenta cleaner. Oh, yes. We can make, we can make contraceptives. <laughs> We could make Meprport blankets because she was born on a uh, she was born on a towel. Yeah, she yeah she was born on an Athens 2004 Olympic towel, which we found kind of amusing. We're just kind of like it is that that sort of fits. You win the gold medal for having a child. After how much well you done. Loved, after how much you loved Greece. That's, that's true, Greg. No, that's a good point. Yeah, Greg probably point. appreciated yeah. me covering it. I'm I'm using the allopathic method yeah. of birth. She's directly opposed to Greece. That's yeah, the way exactly. I look at it. Lots of aloe, aloe on Greg. <laughs> Hello, everything. Despite his disgust, was rubbing placenta deeper into the Greek blanket. Oh. More placenta for you, Grace. No. That's placenta. the That'll be the one way to do it. No. Do you know what happened to Cleo's placenta? So, so here's what happened to Cleo's placenta. So the placenta. Funny story. The, yeah. We have this placenta, right? So the placenta is birthed, right? Check this out. She, she has the placenta. Anyway. And so Clea does the following stuff, okay? Oh, God. Clea ends up... No, was it was it you baked it first? You froze it. No, first you, you froze it. You froze it. Then, then she baked what? it. Then I'm not making this up. Oh, you steamed it. Then she steamed it. Then she baked it. Then she got placenta and spam, baby and spam. Then the spam and placenta. Then she cut it up. Put it in a bag. And she still got the... Pieces no, of placenta. It, I threw it away. Oh, you threw away the placenta? Good. That's no, good. No, people claim... Some people claim Proper that the... placenta disposal. Some people claim that the... Um, that the hormones in the placenta aid women in, in postpartum. Yeah, we talked about this in one on one. Yeah. So, so there's. But so not the, after yeah. you bake it. You're making like a shrinky dink placenta. That's what you did. No, like you were so making some it. Some people, small. some people eat it. So you have to like, make a placenta souffle. <laughs> right. It's very sensitive. Plato <laughs> placenta. You make too much noise, it deflates, and then the hormones are no good. Right. <laughs> some people make <laughs> placenta pizza, but other people make uh, put it in little pills, and so it's a process. You have to steam it and then bake it. And then, and then cut it, it, and then and, then and, and throw I got it throw up and then throw it in the garbage and say, "What a dumb idea! I'll never do this again." So I did everything. I did everything but grind it up. So it sat in a little baggie for like five weeks, and finally I was like, "Okay, I'm, I'm not gonna do it. I might as well just throw it away." Yes, exactly. <clears throat> I even had the little pill shells to put it in. Yes. 
I'm glad that that. Processed placenta. Wow. It's a happy ending Send that we it did to this. the factory. Yes. So we have all these resources in this country that we don't use. Ever nobody has jobs anymore. <laughs> the economy's going to crap. It's because we throw out placentas and we don't grow hemp. <laughs> if we did those two things. <laughs> <laughs> so much or if we grew placentas, that would that would also work out too. Why hemp not? Placenta, hemp centers. Yes. Hemp centers. Yes. Um. The mother is not allowed to eat anything other than hemp products <laughs> for the nine months of pregnancy, and then when the baby is born, nearly completely I wanted disabled, to give some birth, you but I was high. Placenta. I was gonna give lots of birth, but I was high. <laughs> All right, so this is going uh, nowhere. I think we need to. The pain. It's a hallucinatory experience <laughs> for the mother. She and I know why. It's entirely possible. Yeah. like alien cultures. It's entirely possible that that might take care of the 40% C-section rate in America if, like, women had smoked and ate hemp, like, for the nine... Actually, it's ten months that they were pregnant. I think so. Oh, I thought you were going to say if they ate placenta during their pregnancy, and I was like, I really don't think that's healthy. <laughs> I think that's for the baby. That's confusing, <laughs> yes. If they, if they toughen up their baby a little bit by competing with them for food, <laughs> yeah. What's up, baby? What you, you got, baby? going to just hand you food on a platter? We got Republican presidents in this place. You got to get, mm. get tough in a hurry. <laughs> I'm taking your placenta. So you can prove to me that you can earn this. Going to have to toughen Working you up. Working for anything in there? <laughs> what is wrong with you? You have a job? Come it on. It is pretty easy in there. I'm working and carrying you around. I Come know. On. I I, w- I did work on the Dude. day that she uh, I did start going into labor. I worked up into that day. Yep. And then she came on the weekend, that so it worked ridiculous. out perfectly. Yep. And she was born the, on January 20th, the day before Martin Luther King Day. So you know. I'm a Fourth of July. Yeah, uh, yeah, yes, no, the 2005, when we recorded the show. And in the meantime, the uh, fourth member of our little band here, Russ, has somehow I found himself back in the World of Warcraft. My child was born, so... Anyway, yeah, moving on. Right well, I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, I, right. there's there will be more to talk about okay. over time, but right now she's just asleep. She's going to so. listen to this someday, Greg. You better beef up the compliment, okay? She's going to be like 19. She's not going to know where she's going in life. She's going to be emotionally, you know, out on her own for the right. first time, and right. she's going to listen back and be like, did my father really love me <laughs> when I was first around on this planet? The answer is yes. And then I love you very much hear, so right now. Good. <laughs> so that was good. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> What's the no, deal with Russ hey. and all that World of Warcraft? I think what I'm going to do wow. is oh. I'm actually going to diffuse yeah, my love. Cooking up uh. this placenta online, <laughs> and it's like really fun. I'm going to actually make set all my love and put it just in, totally into the show. Like, I won't show her love personally. I'll just save it all for the MEP report. That way right. she can find It's like a time capsule. Exactly. Time capsule of my love for her One that should have been there. Yeah, right. 50 years from now, <laughs> middle-aged Senevine. He did love me. See right. a pile of CDs near an old obsolete desktop computer. And say, start listening to the MEP report. <laughs> he did love me. Oh my God! He, he really cares. It's a Shawshank Redemption he moment. Me. He really likes awesome. me. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, Greg already. Uh, Greg Make started. It happen, um, Greg. Greg started teaching her tennis when she was just. A few I did literally old. like three minutes out of the womb. I'm like, all right, now up over your head. Now follow through, follow through. Good. Early on, <laughs> we can't grip the tennis ball yet, but at least you know she's got the motion with the racket going right. on. So I worked those muscles right. early. Yeah, absolutely. We start early. So we survived. Yeah, we made it. So seriously, what is up with World of Warcraft and you, Russ? Come on. Well, there was some scoundrel. 
some fink. Yes. Uh, gave me a ten day <laughs> some guest bread. pass. Yes. Yeah, some piece of bread gave me a guest pass, and you know, in the ten days, I One reached like the maximum level allowable. On the that trial, really like, for you. you, it was. I would do these things. I'd be like, <laughs> really? You're just feel. capping my experience. That's it. I can't get experience. And I would be playing with him, and, he, and, and I was like, thing is, I was like, I can trade stuff to you. Russ, like, no, actually, on the trial version, you can't even look at me. Like, if you look at me, you'd like turn away from me. Right. Like, I can't even see me. <laughs> I can't even say hi to Greg <laughs> because with the trial it comes version out unless he's already friended me. Like, if I friend him, I can't say hi to him. Everything you gotta know your place, Russ, to protect from spammers. Know your role. Until you put out, there's only so much you can do. Wait, is that literally true? I thought that was a joke. It is true. No, it is actually that is actually true. Hi to Greg. Nope. <laughs> this guy just ran up to me it. and he's just looking at me. He's like, mm. object. Like, mm. can't level like, what? 20. I'm like, mmm. Mm. Like, what? Like, mm. Groom. Groom. <laughs> what? Groom? Groom. 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 And That's then great. the stupid thing is they make you buy uh, you've already downloaded the entire game off of the internet and then they make you oh, buy the installation CD. Oh, they still make you CD. buy the game. It's like that you can't really no, please don't PayPal us the $20. You have to go buy this useless piece of plastic that would have installed Dude, the game they except paid you already for that have it. packaging. That's really Ridiculous. important. It's about keeping the artists in the, the American work. economy relies on you buying that package. Exactly. On, Otherwise them. how are they going to use plastic? What, you want impenetrable the plastic shell. Exactly, Russ. Do you want the terrorists to win? I think I think Russ just said he wants the terrorists to win. That's what I heard. Mm, pretty much. You mean like Obama? Because so. if that's yeah, true, like then yes. Obama. Yes, I do. I, mean, I want to, Obama to win. That's right. I mean, despite what the movie Vantage Point would tell you, there are no terrorists. But, you know, hey, you want them to win, even <laughs> if they were out there. Which they're not. I see. So yeah. So you I got this know. thing. It's a game, and I work seventy hours a week, and I feel entitled to play when I get home at eleven thirty at night from the office. And I'm like, I don't feel badly about playing video games now. Uh huh. Why should I? And you still have, you have a girlfriend too, man. right? Um. No. No. Okay. About that. So you really behind you, on that. So great. Did, did I have a girlfriend in any actual MEP report, or was it between MEP reports? I don't think. Uh, like, I don't think those are compatible. The meteoric actually. rise and fall of Russ's love life. Have a girlfriend. Uh, and 2008 MEP edition. Wait a minute. Is, is Greg responsible Nightmare. for one getting no sleep and no sex? I can I'm sorry if he is. Uh, what? Do you know what about? the sad thing is? The sad thing is, to this day, if she asked me back, I would say yes. And this is totally unprecedented. Like, I've never taken this much abuse from a woman and been like, you know what? I still like you enough that I don't really care. Oh, my God. You can say whatever you want. makes wow. no difference. Please, this is sir. She's like, it's really she's like an MMORPG really of women. She's like a really good sign. Yeah, she's like an MMORPG of women. Like she's like, I'd go back. At least I got something out of MMORPGs, like <laughs> leveling up and time wasting. You and, got nothing out you know, of her, Russ? The, the placebo nothing. of the feeling like you're being productive. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> the, the feeling like you're doing something productive. You just need to not. respect That's with her. That's all. Part. If you respect, it would have been fine. Oh, God. So, uh, but I did go on a ski trip last week. That was my trip. I went to Mammoth Lakes Mountain. Yeah, I didn't know that Russ like skied, yeah. actually. I was a little surprised about that. I did many years. For many years, I learned to be a very mediocre, passable skier in upstate New York, to of, of which I've held that skill to this day. Mediocre, <laughs> so passable I can ski without killing myself on blue circles. Was the snow yes. different? Or blue squares, rather. Green clovers. Was the snow different for you? <laughs> Green diamonds. 
<laughs> uh, I enjoyed the snow. It reminded me a lot of where I grew up. Oh, really? It, it took a long time to get there. Oh. Yeah, it was a beautiful place. I mean, the elevation was like eight or 9,000 feet, so if you walk up the stairs, you're out of breath, which made everything harder, <laughs> but it was good. <laughs> it takes your breath away, yes. yes it's it really does, amazing. Actually. Huh. Yeah, it's amazing. Cool. I don't know. Had a great time. It was a weird group that I went with, because this is one of my Jade 8 friends and a bunch of her friends, and... Uh, I kind of got the feeling that they didn't really want me along, but they had a friend who needed a ride, and I was the only one leaving after work instead of skipping work on Friday. So they're like, hey, you want to go to Mammoth on this thing we've been planning for two months on the last day before we go? I'm like, um, yeah, what the hell, I'll go. They're like, good, 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 you, you drive Ashley. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll drive Ashley, great. It's a very oh, well. odd group of people. I mean, the thing huh. is, like, first of all, they're all 22 and 23, which I think is the big problem. Right. I've <coughs> Just in general, that's a big that problem. I don't if you're get 22, along. 23. I don't get along with 22 and 23-year-olds. And this is partially through J-Date, partially through life experience. That's what I was wondering. I is it just 22, 23-year-old Jews? Well, you remember he hated Story when, during those no, years. No, when when Story was 22, Jewish. 23, he's they're like, he's an Jewish. asshole. He turned 24 and he loved Wait, him. Wait, these are, these are non-Jews that you met through well, J-Date? Yeah. No, okay. no, no. I Let's met one through J-Date, and she has a collection of friends who are just assorted religions and ethnicities. <laughs> well, no, that's not true. They're, most of them are Russian. It's like a bunch good box. Not all are Jewish. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Anyway, they're Russian? The point is, Stop. like, look, if I were in school, uh-huh. I would not be hanging out with people, like, below freshmen if I were a senior. Like, right. this is below just freshmen. empirically true. Like, why would I hang out with five-year younger people than me? Right. And it's still, it's still kind of true. Like, I think they're kind of idiots. I think all 23-year-olds are idiots. Mm-hmm. I, I see. I kind of am starting to believe. It goes beyond the 85% thing. It's like they're just all idiots. There's some fundamental lack, fundamental educational failure that took place well, after you know, it's I graduated. Not just, it's not just that. None of these people learned anything ever. It's not just that. And then they watch they also, stupid pop culture, too. They also think that they, they know it all. They don't good movies. That's the problem is they think they're really That's clever. That's the problem with that age. Is they that they, they, I think they're aware of their ignorance. No. I think they know that they don't know anything. No, they don't learn that, that until totally they're 30. they're useless sacks of flesh. <laughs> no, they don't, they don't learn that until they're 30. What it really is, I think, I think they know this. This is setting up real well I mean, for Hooters. I think it's really part of the larger phenomenon of why one can't make friends after school, um, which is could be. that could be. one has spent the last eight years, or at least four, and eight and sometimes more if you are one of those people who never stops going to school, like unconsciously self-selecting your entire environment and your group, and then more and more that you self-select that group, assuming that everybody's like that. And then you get out in the real world where everybody gets to play, and it's like, wait, I thought the world was full of intellectual people who were curious and interesting and, you know, cared about things and were a little like me. And then it's like, no, everybody's here. This is just the field of everybody. You want a job? Everybody's here. It could be anybody. Everybody's here. The gang's all you know, here. Everybody gets to play. Everybody needs a job, and it's like, huh, okay, well, I'm going to go hang out with some people that I met. Oh, yeah, you met them in the field of everybody. They're all here. Anybody could be here. Who knows? <laughs> Nobody has to be smart or interesting or intelligent or compassionate. They're just, it's everybody. Okay. It's just wow. people, man. Mep report. I Elitism and depression that you're all saying. in one package. Welcome yeah. to the Mep report. I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. Oh, smart 23-year-olds are calling me right now. I'm going to ignore them. Um, <laughs> Russ! The thing is, Russ, I, did you watch I the latest top model? I definitely tend to get along with people Hello? five years older than me, much, much, much better than people who are five years younger than me. Uh. Like, I feel like from okay. a pop culture standpoint, I absorbed a lot of 70s, early 80s stuff. 
Shut the... F- <laughs> wait, wait, Russ, Russ, wait, stop for a second. How old are you, Russ? I'm 28. Okay, so you're saying that someone who's 33 would have absorbed, in, according to you, late 70s, early 80s? But let me tell you, someone who's 33 yeah. was not absorbing a lot of late 70s stuff. Since I am 35, I can tell you that I was absorbing pretty much <laughs> nothing in the 70s, except that there was something called the village people right. that, that played music. That's what I absorbed. Early. Here's Russ the thing that I think about this. in terms of placenta still, okay? He <laughs> yeah, absorbed a lot placenta. of late 70s placenta. Wow, Jesus Christ. Are you really 35? Uh, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Clea, Clea, you know how old you are? 35. You know how old you are, Claire? You're about to be 32 oh in about a month and a half. Greg, oh you don't wow. have to play dirty. There's 33. That's oh right. Oh, my God. Anyway. Um, here's the point. I think there was some fundamental shift that happened in the early 80s where it was sort of still... You could you could watch the media and still become a normal person, and then the corporations didn't like that fact, and they made sure to indoctrinate people with just total nonsense so they would never learn anything. This, let's say this happened in, like, 1993. So at that point, if you're starting to learn in 1993, you're just absorbing total dreck, and you never recovered from it. And therefore, people who are of that age are just useless. That's, that's my theory. <laughs> are you useless? I think I tuned out there for part of that. I'm sorry, yeah, what? <laughs> Can you say that again? Sorry, I'm, little, I'm getting a little old here. It wasn't anything. But, but Russ, like, though, the, the problem with this logic that. is that the 22-year-old that you're referring to was born in 1986. And so they were, abs- uh-huh. by the time they could have absorbed the 80s, like, the people who are even your age... They didn't absorb anything until the 90s when people had already figured out how to completely indoctrinate and brainwash children. But Russ, what did Therefore, you absorb from the 80s? Make it. What did you absorb from the 80s? Lots. Everything. Such All as? of my pop culture knowledge, my entire background, I've, everything that I do for work right now is based on making references to the 80s. Russ, when were, like, when were you born? When were you born? That's 1979. Okay. 79. So you were born in 1979. So by in the 70s. You absorbed, I like, cartoons. I guess you absorbed the cartoons. But you certainly didn't absorb, like, har- no. higher parts of culture. Mr. Rogers, Sesame Street, oh, Electric part. Company, yes, I'm sorry. PBS. You absorbed those, yes. Greg, he's not talking about important things you like know, politics. You know, Celtics, the Lakers... <laughs> the New York Mets championship team. There was a lot of stuff going on in the 80s. There was Walter Mondale and Reagan and even a tiny, tiny bit of Jimmy Carter, but not so much, but a little bit. I see. <laughs> a very, man. very little bit of Jimmy yeah. Carter. Yes, tiny bit. I see. So you anyway, feel there was that problem. The point is, yeah. I don't get along with these people. I don't understand them. I don't understand what they... They like stupid things. They all like American... Everyone who's 23 loves American Idol, I think. I think this is a truism. They love American Idol, and they love Ryan Seacrest, and they've never heard of Thundercats, and therefore we'll never get along. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan they've Seacrest never has never heard of Thundercats, Thundercats, and that that says a whole lot, I think. And they... It's like they watch the Transformers movie fair, and they don't know where it comes from, and it's like they, they're okay. useless. They're like, what a cool new concept! Yeah. They don't have no frame of reference. I, I see. Think. Yeah, okay. that's brilliant. Did they just write that? <laughs> so it was a long drive, is what you're telling us. Yeah. So what it comes down to is this is a really long drive. Yeah. It was a long drive on the way, and on the way back, somehow, not surprisingly, I was driving myself, and everyone else had found a ride. <laughs> I was like, that <laughs> is nice. Right. That's hilarious. That's the way I like it. That's funny. 
Russ, Russ mean, is driving okay, down the highway fair, playing like, Prince sure, songs. They're I'm driving sure down the highway playing like grunge. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're intelligent 23-year-olds out there. I don't mean to disparage your entire generation. It just happens that this particular group of people, there's one intelligent guy who happens to be 30, so of course, you know, yeah, much so he's easier safe. to get along with. Sure, right. And everyone, everyone else, there's a huge group of girls, like eight, nine people who That's range huge. in ages from like 19 to 23. None of, not one of them have ever said an interesting thing in my experience with any of them. Oh my god. Not one interesting thing, ever. How, how is that even possible? In their lives. As much as they talk. Nine of them. And not one thing that's mildly, huh, that, that's interesting. Never. It's absurd. Wow. That is, you just stumble on something by accident eventually. The monkeys and Shakespeare, you know, there's nothing. Well, anyway, the skiing was great. Yeah, though. I really did. That's good. All right, fantastic. thank God. Spent a lot of time outdoors. Charming. It was lovely. Wow. It was lovely. And that, lovely just, trip. And, and that just brings it back to uh, really what the map port's all about, which is ageism, <laughs> ageism, and, and blatant uh, generalizations. And ostracism. And ostracism. That's really yes. that's what it all yeah, comes down true. to. Ostracism more than anything, I think. Nice. With a For little sure. bit of judgment. What is ostracism? <laughs> and a little bit of Jimmy Carter. These are the things just that a we sliver of Jimmy Carter. Really just believe me. Yeah, just a little. Not much. Not much. Just a little, <laughs> little, little Jimmy Carter. Of Jimmy Carter. Very little Some Jimmy soul. Carter. Very good. Well, just speaking good. of that, we are actually a, zest. a just the zest oh, of Jimmy zest, Carter. Yes. Zest. We're actually a, <laughs> a zest. we're actually a, a zest or soup salt past the hour, and so uh, we must call call them to a close once again. We want to thank everyone for listening as always. Please uh, continue to spread the word. We are live. We are out here. We do exist. We we are here. And, uh, you know, do get in touch with us all the ways you can. And uh, let us know if you also think that nobody below the age of 25 has said anything interesting in their lives. Because that would be helpful for us to know. Especially if you are <laughs> below the age of 25. Welcome to the non-target demographic, apparently. That would be really <laughs> blow my that would mind. Be really I dare you. <laughs> I dare you. Say goodbye, everybody. How yeah. about Cenevine for, like, staying asleep goodbye. during the whole, t- whole time, huh? Honey, she has nothing yeah, to say. She's, you she's don't not really even five. have a kid, do you? <laughs> it's all a lie. It's amazing. It's I can prove that she's this. a Map Report fan. There you she go. She respects the art. Yeah. There you do. go. Yes. Seriously. It's true. <laughs> right now she's Father like, Jimmy Carter, snore. Jimmy Carter, snore. <laughs> Zest. Zest. Was like Zest. a snore. Ten years ago, Jimmy Carter. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm 23. Uh, the proceeding was a presentation of the MEP Report, hosted at www.mepreport.com. All rights reserved. In no way should any part of this show be construed as an invitation to buy, sell, or trade flightless birds, or reassemble Voltron. Or at least not the stupid one of the cars. Please support the MEP Report by voting for the show at www.vitalpodcast.com, adding the show to your list of favorites at podcastpickle.com, and clicking on the Vote for MEP link on the MEP Report homepage to vote for us at podcastalley.com. Email us at Greg, Russ, Story, or Andy at mepreport.com, and call us and leave a voicemail or a fax at 206-600-MEP1. That's 206-600-6371. And finally, please join the fight to stop the senseless farming of emu plants. It's immoral, it's unethical, and frankly, it's just a little bit gross. Into my just another day away.